I'm Kaylee Arrett, and you're listening to Episode 10 of Me, When I'm Free. Who is this me when I'm free, and why does it even matter? This is the question that has spurred me on for years now. It's led me down some dark roads of healing and up joyful mountains of calling. And to this moment, right now, still on the journey and inviting you to join me. If it really is true that the glory of God is man or woman fully alive, then it would appear that God would want this even more than we do. But why? Why is this important to him? Doesn't he have more important things to attend to than whether or not we know ourselves and what we have to bring to the world? These are some of the questions I want us to explore together each week through a simple story, a few moments of reflection, and space to pray. Join me, friend. It was a Sunday afternoon, several years ago, just as I was embarking on this journey of freedom and calling. Immediately upon returning home from church, I laced up my sneakers and headed out the door, desperate to breathe the fresh air, aching to release tensions that had grabbed hold of my heart in recent days. It was hard to name the emotion that sat heavy on my shoulders after a week of particularly hard things. But I hoped the forced rhythms of step, step, breathe, step, step, breathe would bring clarity and space to pay attention. Strangely, I felt drawn, almost compelled toward the cemetery behind the old stone church up the road. I took the most direct route up the sidewalk, around the corner, past the town park, and across the street. Step, step, breathe. Step, step, breathe. As I entered the cemetery, I slowed to a walk. I wove along the paved pathway, scanning the headstones, taking in the stories told by the numbers engraved on them, the whole of a life represented by one simple dash. Tears fell. Soon I was weeping. But the question remained, why was this emotion so near the surface for me? What drew me here today of all days? As I returned to my running path, the fog began to clear. I recognized the sting that my heart was feeling. It was grief. I was grieving. I wasn't sure what the death was, but I knew I was letting go of something. The next day, I stumbled on a quote on Facebook about grieving. It spoke of courage sometimes looking like nothing more than feeling deeply and thoroughly the unending vulnerabilities of our particular path. In an instant, I knew that was it. 
I had the sense that God was inviting me to grieve the unending vulnerabilities of my, of our particular path. In many ways, our path is not a hard one. We live in a quaint city north of Philadelphia that's a mixture of small town feels and Mennonite sensibilities. We are untouched by a long list of risks and hardships that face others far and near. We've grown in love with our church family in the almost 12 years my husband's been a pastor there. But the invitation was there. Grieve, lament, release, feel deeply and thoroughly. And truthfully, since that time, there have been losses to grieve, including deep heartbreak that has led us back to that very same cemetery. As I'm recording this podcast, we're about 15 months into a pandemic that most of us never saw coming. This has been a year marked by unending vulnerabilities for all of our particular paths. So many have suffered a great deal this year, and not all of it pandemic-related. All of us have had to find our own ways to navigate the losses of this year, and for many of us, it's felt like coping. There's currently a New York Times article by Adam Grant that's making its rounds on the internet entitled, There's a name for the blah you're feeling. It's called languishing. I'll link to it in the show notes. Languishing is the neglected middle child of mental health, Adam writes. It's the void between depression and flourishing, the absence of well-being. Languishing is a sense of stagnation and emptiness. It feels as if you're muddling through your days, looking at your life through a foggy windshield. The author goes on to write about symptoms of languishing, a sense of dulled motivation and inability to focus, a dulling of delight. He paints the picture many of us have lived out this year, a struggle to concentrate and inability to anticipate the dulling of our senses through Netflix binges, a sense of being joyless and aimless. Languishing. This article came up in a conversation recently as a friend described herself as feeling numb these days. Yes, numb. Several of us responded. I had not read the article yet, but had read an online response to it entitled, I'm Not Languishing, I'm Dormant, by author Austin Cleon. I'll also link to it in the show notes. He prefers to consider these kinds of seasons through the lens of a gardening metaphor. He likes the concept of Ecclesiastes 3 that reminds us that to everything there is a season. Austin writes, It seems to me that the reason that so many of us feel like we're languishing is that we are trying to flourish in terrible conditions. He goes on to say, It is a mistake and a misreading of nature to think that you, a living creature, will be flourishing all the days of your life. I admit, I'm drawn to this interpretation of these times. Maybe it's our unwillingness to 
embrace and even grieve our limits that causes us to languish in the first place? What if we believed that the limits in our lives are not always meant to be overcome, but to remind us that there is a bigger story being written about life and death and resurrection? Pete Scazzaro writes in Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, limits are behind all loss. We cannot do or be anything we want. God has placed enormous limits around even the most gifted of us. He goes on to say, our culture routinely interprets losses as alien invasions that interrupt our normal lives. We numb our pain through denial, blaming, rationalization, addictions, and avoidance. We search for spiritual shortcuts around our wounds. We demand others take away our pain. But friend, what if we saw the deeper story? Every path comes with its own weeds. Every longing of our heart comes with the risk that it may not be met. Every calling carries its own weight. To be alive is to be vulnerable. To hope is to make space for potential loss. If our picture of living fully is to bypass pain and loss, we'll discover over and over that we create the very suffering we are trying to avoid. Even our earth has limitations, winter seasons. Any plant that attempts to blossom too soon will likely wither and die. The key, it seems, in this metaphor of seeds and planting is to believe that the winter seasons are an invitation to rest and repair ourselves in preparation for the harvest, rather than an indicator of our sense of worth or productivity. A little further investigating into this feeling of languishing, and I stumble upon the word acedia, a very similar concept. While it has largely disappeared from our vocabulary, it was originally considered one of the eight deadly sins and is often equated to the word sloth or apathy. It comes from a Greek word that means without care, concern, or grief. Interesting. One scholar, Rebecca DeYoung, describes acedia as a resistance to the demands of love. Another scholar, Kathleen Norris, indicates that the person afflicted with acedia, even if she knows what is spiritually good for her, is tempted to deny that her inner beauty and spiritual strength are at her disposal as gifts from God. So here we are again, this path toward flourishing, toward this me when I'm free brings us back to love. As Ruth Haley Barton writes in Life Together in Christ, as we draw close to Christ, who had the courage and will to lay down his life for the sake of others, we too find the courage to do what God asks us to do on behalf of the world he longs to save. Friend, it would seem that feeling deeply and thoroughly the unending vulnerabilities of our particular path is key to our ability to embrace the risk and the action that love requires. Pete Scazzaro goes on to write in Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, 
Loss marks the place where self-knowledge and powerful transformation happen if we have the courage to participate fully in the process. And so today, friend, I leave you with these questions and some space to reflect. If it's helpful, I invite you to grab a journal to jot these thoughts down and ponder them throughout the week. Question one, as you consider your particular journey, are there vulnerabilities that you have not been able to grieve? What would it be like to ask God if he is inviting you to do so? To name the limits and losses of your life with him and possibly with others who could bear witness to your story? Question two, do you remember the chart that I mentioned in episode seven from the book, Strong and Weak? Today's episode is mostly related to the withdrawing quadrant as we consider this path toward flourishing. If you find yourself living in a space of perpetual withdrawal, here are some helpful words from Andy Crouch. The good news about escaping the withdrawing quadrant is that pretty much any step is a step in the right direction. Perhaps the two best beginning moves are into the natural world, the world of stars, snow and rain, trees and deserts, and into the relational world, the world of real bodies with heartbeats, hands and faces. Friend, is there a step you can take today to move in either of these directions? Then, would you take a moment to reflect with me and maybe even journal these verses from Ecclesiastes 3? There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. Let's pray. Today, I would like to bless you with a prayer prayed on your behalf. Dear one, may you have the courage to believe that your inner beauty and spiritual strengths are at your disposal as gifts from God. And may you have the awareness to know when embracing your limitations and grieving your losses is the most courageous next step you can take. Amen. Thanks for listening to this episode of Me When I'm Free. I hope you'll continue to join me on this journey toward wholeness. I'd love a traveling companion. 
My hope is that you'll see yourself in these stories that I share here. And if nothing else, you'll feel less alone. If you'd like to connect throughout the week, you can find me at Kaylee Arrett on Facebook and Instagram or at KayleeArrett.com. And if you haven't yet, I'd love for you to subscribe to the podcast and I'd be delighted if you left a review. Thanks for listening, friend. Let's meet back here next week.